I did a talk to our, our, on our social channels about the arrival of swallows and the resilience of nature. You know, where do you go to at a time of this when you know it's 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 shit and it's it's like nothing I've experienced before. And I was always talked about resilience of nature and how the swallows, you know, they come every summer. And we always did this in my family, my mum and sisters to race to see who's the first swallow. And it was like that was summer, and it's a really symbolic thing because it's a little bird that's like four inches long travels. Um, I think it's like you know, 200, 200 miles a day for 40 days from South Africa to come and spend its time over here, and then they're just gone at the end of the summer, and then suddenly they're back again. And it's like the fact that that bird has made that journey back there and back in that period of time is something really sort of positive about it and resilient. You're listening to the Spaceship Earth podcast with me, Dan Burgess. The concept of the Spaceship Earth is simple. We live on a life-giving rock called Earth, hurtling through space. Like a spaceship, we have a finite amount of supplies with an intelligent operating system, which keeps everything we need replenished as long as we all respect it and use wisely. So an understanding of how this system works, along with deep cooperation between humans and all life, is essential to keep us thriving and the spaceship flying. In this podcast, I'm in conversation with humans involved in regenerating life, shifting consciousness and reimagining how we can live more beautifully and peacefully. I talk with artists, activists, writers, designers, adventurers, healers, entrepreneurs, creative mavericks and more. Their stories invite us to participate in the co-creation of a more beautiful, life-sustaining world in service to life, becoming crew on Spaceship Earth. Welcome to the podcast. This is Dan. Uh, good to have you here. Thanks for tuning in. means a lot, as ever. Um, in this episode, I'm in a conversation with uh, Tom Kay, who is founder of Finisterre, a brand born in 2003, um, started around the needs of British cold water surfers. Finisterre has gone on to become um, quite an extraordinary B Corps, uh, which designs functional, sustainable products uh, for anyone that shares a love of the sea. Um, been a big fan of Finisterre since since Tom started it, really. I've always followed along. I've had a pleasure of collaborating and working with them on a number of things over the years. Was um, really um, honoured to get involved and host the event uh, called C7, which was a the world's first ocean activist online training camp, uh, which uh, ran on just before the G7 world leaders uh, gathering in Cornwall in June. Um, C7 ran uh, two days before. Had the pleasure of, of hosting that, which was hours of uh, talks and workshops um, with um, and panels with uh, extraordinary uh, humans all over the planet who are... Um, working around the multiple issues the ocean uh, faces right now um, and also the um, uh, number of extraordinary uh, ways, innovation, solutions to a lot of the crisis we're facing on land with um, climate breakdown. So, um, yeah, so we had a, a it was an extraordinary day. It was about six and a half hours of live broadcasting in the end, but um, I managed to catch up uh, a couple of hours before we kicked off C7 with um, Finisterre founder Tom Kay 
uh, in their workshops in uh, the Clifftop on St Agnes. It was a chance to talk to Tom about the thinking behind C7, where it came from, um, a bit about this moment in time for Finisterre uh, and also what the last year has been like for uh, the organisation with the uh, with the pandemic and everything else that's been going on. So let's cut to it. This is a conversation with Tom Kay, founder of Finisterre. Enjoy. Tom, welcome to the Spaceship Earth podcast. Thanks very much for having us on, Dan. It's um, it's uh, it's good. To, it's good to not to be actually on a Zoom in a in the shed at the bottom of my garden. This is like the first time I've actually been in person with someone on the podcast <laughs> for about eighteen months. Yeah, same here. So yeah, nice to see you. Yeah, physically, actually. Yeah, really. actually, in yeah. your in your hood, in, in the our hood, in, yeah. in your HQ right now. Um, so. We've got a big day ahead today. We're sort of, um, in a few hours, um, C7 goes live. Yep. Um, and obviously by the time this podcast goes out, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll, you know, thousands of people will be, uh, will have been sort of switched into um, ocean activists, yep. um, catalyzed by this this thing. But I just thought it'd be, it'd be lovely to know, like, you know, let's talk a little bit about it. Like, what what is it? Why has it come now? Why have you decided to birth this into the world and, and what are your hopes and expectations and dreams for it all yeah well it's, uh, it's as i said it's a, it's a big day for us a big moment for the brand and our community really and the thinking behind it was uh this week we've got g7 down in cornwall uh, obviously it hasn't escaped anybody but uh it's a bit nuts down here there's missile launches on the lighthouses <laughs> there's i saw an aircraft carrier out <laughs> beyond the rock where i swam around this morning it's it's crazy um and as much as uh the inverted commas superpowers are meeting to discuss who knows what, um, you know, down the road, I thought that we should do our own thing. And C7 is really about uh, addressing and talking about the seven pre- most pressing issues facing the oceans today. Uh, talking about how oceans are, you know, intrinsically, listen- in- in- intrinsically linked to, uh, you know, solving climate change and also our emotional well-being as individuals so um that was really the idea and what it is is a series of talks uh from activists conservationists scientists uh storytellers uh and it's sort of saying anybody can be an ocean activist no matter where you live what you're doing it's it's an accessible uh point and anyone can listen to these talks do go on some workshops that we're going to put on today as well uh and then hopefully begin their activist journey and you know, no uh, action is ever too small to make a difference. <clears throat> yeah, amazing, and it's uh, it's um, it definitely feels like this is this is the time to kind of widen up the invitation to become yeah. active on yeah. our on our planet right now. Um, what are you just actually? What are you? What are you sensing down here in Cornwall, Cornwall with the with the actual G? So I know it's hard to sort of have a consensus, but what is your view? How how people? responding do you think to this going on down here i mean it's a bit of a fanfare you know i just got sent a thing from instagram on instagram with uh, joe biden's entourage going down the a30 and there's like about 30 suvs so uh i basically i don't i'm not quite sure why all of this is is necessary uh to be honest with you i mean you know if they're, if they're discussing some key issues and making some actual actions and implementation and, and actually committing to stuff i suppose is a good thing um and yeah, I suppose for local trade, it's been there's been some positives, also been negatives as well. You know, hearing from local communities that have been affected in a negative way by all of the disturbance. Um, so it, I guess the proof's going to be what they do or decide 
what they do, do or don't decide they're going to do. And it's going to be, um, that'll be whether it's worth it or not. But I still think that there's a lot of upset and travel and probably carbon footprint that maybe could have done on Zoom. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, um, you know, this is like, I mean, you founded Finisterre, is it, was it 2003? Yeah. Um, and, you know, you've always, you know, you've always had this much bigger awareness, at least it seems to, to me, the way I look at how you've developed that, this business, but you've always been very, very aware of your sort of impacts, your kind of role of, of, of what you're trying to do here mm-hmm. on this earth. And what is, how, how does it feel now to be sort of putting something quite large like this out into the world? Is it something you've been thinking about for some time or yeah, looking look, for the thing? Yeah, I mean, I suppose when I started the brand in 2003, we founded on some really strong values, which exist in the business even more so now because there's a... 130 people in business now, all living and breathing that purpose about connecting people to see, building a product to enable that connection uh, in a sustainable, innovative way. That's what we do. We'll be called certified. So, uh, yeah, it's really exciting. We're on a journey. I mean, it's kind of weird. Often we're 19 years old as a business and it actually just feels like we're just getting going now every day. So it's even after all the highs, the lows, and there have been some super tough times when it nearly didn't happen. And, you know, it, it, you know it's hard um, starting something out of nothing and then starting something that's actually looking to affect change is also equally difficult or more difficult I suppose so we've definitely had some really tough times but I've got an amazing crew of people in the business and on a really exciting journey I often say we're like a, a 19 year old human the first like five years had no idea what we're doing the middle bit we were sort of a bit disruptive you know poked a few bears and that sort of thing and now we're just really kind of getting into our stages, who we are, business, and, and you know where we're going. And it's a super exciting journey, and the future is exciting. We've got a lot of work to do. You know, we're not so perfect. We haven't got the answers, and we're you know working stuff out all the time, having honest dialogue with our customers and our community about that. Um, but we're we're, we're yeah we're, we're excited for the future and what we can achieve as and and sort of effect change around as a brand. It's it's always um it's always fascinating to me with. Um, I guess any anyone who spends time in our ocean and uh, the seas around us tends to at least see a lot of how everything that we're doing on land is is connected to the sea. Yeah, you've always you know, always you, you know, surfers or any anyone who spends time in 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 around coastlines has often you know, often sees these kind of impacts of how we live on this earth. And so, in many ways, just sort of like you've always been, you know, you, you're very aware within the community that's built around the brand of, of, you know, the kind of, cha- you know, the big, big challenges that we're facing right, right now as, yeah. as a species. And now more people are starting to understand the links with the role the ocean plays, mm-hmm. you know, beyond, you know, it's kind of uh, the leisure and the resource that it's spoken to, but this extraordinary life support system that more mm-hmm. people are starting to understand. Yeah. How are you trying to, you know, how, what, what's that been like actually sort of seeing that having that awareness of these issues but also trying to build a business at the same yeah. time it's a ten, it's a lot of tension there isn't it yeah there? i mean you know there's definitely uh you know reconciliation between growth and and causing an effect on the planet you know that we're a business we have a, a negative impact no question about it um we have always tried to mitigate that look for alternatives um you know all our wetsuits are made from a biorubber now for example not neoprene so always pushing innovation and uh, better ways of doing things as we can in the knowledge that it's not perfect but we're on a journey uh if it's to you know net zero or whatever it is we're really kind of committed as a bunch of individuals towards a kind of higher purpose as, as i suppose as a business as a brand and what we can do so um yeah i'm, I'm really aware of that i guess the with regards to the ocean there's obviously there's this sort of scientific element of it which is you know super interesting and every bit of you know intel or research coming out is about you know 
it's protection needed around MPAs or uh, the power of kelp or seagrass to, you know, sequest carbon. So that's, that, that, that's amazing for me. I think, and the brand, what I've always been really excited about is the power of connecting people to the emotion, the ocean uh, emotionally. So, you know, if it's, you often take kids surfing at the weekend and um, I always tell us one story about uh, this mum was like, as a friend of a friend, she said, oh, can you, is it right if you take my son in for a surf at the weekend? And I said, yeah, fine, no worries. I've done it for many, many years. I, I really enjoyed doing that. And I took him in. I pulled him into a few waves, had my own son on my back. He didn't want to get in the water. He was like two, whatever. He didn't want to get in the water. He didn't want to not be with me. So I was pulling. I was quite hectic, you know, trying to balance and pull this other kid in. Anyway, pulled him in. He had a, he had a few waves and anything of it. And then about like three or four um, uh, weeks later, she phones up. It's the August Bank Holiday. So, Tom, Tom, we're in the middle of Devon on holiday. Uh, where's the nearest coast? You know, my son has not stopped talking about surfing and the sea since his session with you and I hadn't thought any of it and so suddenly I was like wow that's an amazing privilege to have passed that on um and then they end up I said right go here they end up driving like two and a half hours through bank holiday traffic whatever it was to get him to like one or two foot get him in the sea and then uh, and since then they lived in London he then he joined the sea cadets on the Thames I think it was uh they've now moved down and he I see him on the water all the time and so that's just one example of I suppose you know like an I'm not saying isn't that amazing that I did that, but that's just a really nice example of how you know someone you know a motive a motive connection to the sea can potentially change their life, and that is really if you imagine that happening on a number of levels all around the world, that's loads of people with that knowing what the sea does for them and um, what you need to do for it. It's a two way relationship and uh, can really sort of spark something. So that's kind of what I get really excited about. Yeah, and I think that is is bang on, isn't it? Is this this is this this sort of breakthrough that tends to happen when we when we have a, when we actually sort of form you know we experience we feel a a, a connection with the water and that changes how yeah. how, the, how we sort of how we make sense of this stuff and actually yeah. we want we want to lean into sort of yeah. understanding it and then for therefore protecting it because we understand mm. its form and that's I guess that's the massive challenge right now, right now on 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 this planet though because we have this. You know, if we, how do we, how do we, innate, you know, how can we find ways to help yeah. more people have that connection and yeah. and open up that? And so I know that's something you're you're looking at now, right? Is this sort of access piece and like what's yeah. the role of? Yeah, of so I'm, I'm I'm like mega lucky, privileged that like we're, we're here in Snagglesworth, Kitty, weapons their space where I live, my family, uh, been a long time now, and you know my access to the ocean is pretty unencumbered. I can just get in whatever car, bike, walk, whatever it is, get in the sea whenever I want. And even just walking down the beach, physically able to do that. And I'll often go out when it's even not that good just to get in, you know, just to get in the sea. So that's a really, uh, uh, that's a privilege that I really, uh, I'm grateful for and try to take for granted. Um, and so I'm equally aware that there's kind of a bit of irony in that actually the ocean space is, um, you know, it should be incredibly inclusive, but actually it's not. You know, you could have a physical barrier to get in the sea. It could be polluted. It could be a physical barrier in terms of your ability to get in the sea. You might not culturally want to get in the sea because, um, you know, it's it's it, you know, you, 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 there's more white males in the sea mm -hmm. than, and so it might feel intimidating. So, if there's something that we can do to replicate my relationship with the sea and remove the barriers for other people to get in the sea that may be there. Um, that's something that we have always, I've always sort of believed in. And we just set the finish their foundation up, uh, literally like last two weeks, 
uh, and its kind of vision is equal access to the ocean for all. And that's kind of what we are really leaning into personally and the business. And uh, it's super exciting, you know, supporting the, the Wave Project here in, in Cornwall, which is doing exactly that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's 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 kind of, um, and then our belief is that, you know, if, if you, if you, that's a good thing to do for well-being and if you have that emotive connection to see you're going to you can go on and lead a hopefully a, a better life with the awareness of not only the emotional um well-being and physiological psychological spiritual physical whatever it is mm. good that it does you also the importance of it in you know potentially solving uh the climate crisis we're in now but we need to get on and and, and make those you know stand up for those that that, that belief right away yeah, no, hundred uh, percent. And there's, um, it's interesting. We, you know, you've spoken to the sort of health piece and the well-being elements that you know. I guess you know, there's a there's a lot a lot of. In, I guess it's something we've we've probably known for thousands of years, like how how good water yeah. is for us. But we've sort of modern societies, we've seemed to have forgotten that yeah. or or whatever. So this this feels like it, it's 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 part of this. And it's interesting. I just wanted to talk about COVID actually for a minute and the pandemic sure. because there's something interesting seemingly going on with these sort of planetary health issues that we're in and then the kind of health of our modern sort of civilization as well. And COVID has sort of come and, you know, it's not just that, obviously it's, you know, mental health, it's chronic stress related illnesses. There's a, there's a lot of parallels we're seeing between the state of the planet, the health yeah. planet and, and the health of, of people. But just what's it been like, I guess, on, I guess there's a lot in this question, but I yeah. guess, you know, this, there's there's the piece like when this pandemic came, I think yeah. it, everyone had a lot of time to maybe question and reflect and think about things in this last year, mm. which maybe when we were business as usual, business yeah. we didn't have to do. So I was just curious as to how, you know, what what has Finisterre like? What have you learned through this process? And and is it is it shifting anything for you about how you see now the the business going forward? Or yeah, I think um, I mean, so like when you know from our own sort of point of view, Finisterre when it started out like it kind of caught everyone totally unawares and there was a pretty scary sort of probably two months when we nobody knew what was going to happen and uh, after 19 years of building the business oh, I thought it's going to be over you know we shut our shops that's like you know you know nearly two-thirds of our income revenue just gone overnight um and the first my first sort of um kind of priority was to look after our people in here uh and our wider community um so everyone played a part we had you know furlough uh, reduced hours, reduced wages, that sort of thing. Um, and then it was really about right, how to what 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 role is this business, this brand, going to play play at this point in time? Um, and I think that's a really interesting question for communities or customers, whatever, to ask the business. You know, what role are you playing uh, in in the world right now? And you know, so it's like right, we we need to sort of really double down on what makes Finisterre Finisterre and. It's about storytelling, it's about inspiration, it's about great product, um, it's about accessibility, honesty, community, that sort of thing. So we, we did quite a lot of content around that. Uh, and we, were quite, we had really, uh, I think, the honesty and the openness of our dialogue with our customers really sort of dialed up. So I think to answer your question, any trends that were sort of happening in, in my experience sort of got accelerated in COVID. Um, and we're, our customers reacted really well, had great feedback. We did an amazing NHS tea thing. So, you know, what is the role of the brand? It was Easter, it was Easter uh, Thursday, whatever. And we did like an NHS fundraiser uh, where we, I did a talk to our, our, on our social channels about the arrival of swallows and the resilience of nature. You know, where do you go to at a time of this when, you know, it's, it's, it's shit and it's, it's like nothing I've experienced before. And I was always talked about 
resilience of nature and how the swallows, you know, they come every summer. And we always listen to my family, my mom and sister to race, see who's the first swallow. And it was like, that was summer. And it's a really symbolic thing because there's a little bird that's like four inches long travels. Um, I think it's like, you know, 200, 200 miles a day for 40 days from South Africa to come and spend its time over here. And then they're just gone at the end of summer and then suddenly they're back again. And it's like the fact that that, that bird has made that journey back there and back in that period of time is something really sort of positive about it and resilient. So we talked about resilience in nature uh, and they obviously NHS rainbows. We did a thing where we did like a, um, a, a competition and it was you design, design a competition and it, the design brief was swallows and rainbows on a t-shirt and all of the proceeds go to the NHS um, COVID fund. Uh, and we had over 700 uh, design sent in. It was insane. So like in terms of what, you know, what is the role of the brand at these points in time? And, uh, you know, really sort of, you know, stepping into them and being brave about doing that. Uh, and we, we have done that. And I think um, so that that's a really positive that we've, we've kind of got exp- out of, uh, out, out, out of the sort of last year and a half, which is, and I'm also very, very aware that that isn't the case for many businesses and many people. So we're just sort of talking really about in our own kind mm. of um, experience. Yeah. And I guess um, you must have learned about, because I guess, you know, there was a time, wasn't it, where, you know, unless you, you know, you guys are right here on the coast, but a lot of like us say inland surfers or inland sea lovers were locked down, couldn't, yeah. couldn't move. And it felt like, again, you know, obviously there was this bigger sort of felt like, again, those of us that had the privilege of being able to stay at home, but were starting to kind of maybe notice this, this sort of, this more intimacy with our sort of natural world around us. And, yeah. and even like, you know, just to go back to water and, you know, how this, you know, how the ocean sort of reaches us wherever we are, yeah. but it felt like people were really starting to sort of, yeah, maybe wake up to the rivers and the streams yep. and the waters around them. And did you, did you see that lot or did you find that with, within the community? Yeah. I mean, you know, definitely we did, um, you know, so like lucky here, we, we you know, where we are, you know, Nate, you know, I suppose if you just, you know, the whole sort of thing about resilience to nature is that, you know, and water, it can be found way close than you think. So the swallows, for instance, you know, that's just not just in Cornwall, that's every pretty much village or town or city in the country would see swallows coming in. So that's what got us a motive. People were suddenly like, oh, it's just coming to me. So it was about this balance, I think, of, you know, yeah, inspiring people to kind of go out as they were allowed to in their area to find water, to, you know, look out for nature. And, you know, spring's like a really bo- positive time of the year because it's all, you know, everything's new and fresh and the rest of it. So it was really trying to, um, you know, encourage people and our community and lean into that and sort of, um, you know, so hopefully show them content that would you know you know we call it like backyard base camp when you're sort of planning a next trip or whatever it is you'd kind of be you know in your backyard but it's all kind of going on around you so yeah hopefully i mean hopefully that was kind of what we achieved and um yeah people were going you know wild swimming more and more and you know realizing that you don't have to travel four hours to get to cornwall to go and get in a body of water there's there's many places around you that more probably more close than you realized before the pandemic We live on a life-giving rock called Earth, hurtling through space. How bonkers is that? You're listening to the Spaceship Earth podcast. Amazing. Um, and so there's something that I that I sort of see with Finisterre that, um, and the way that you, I, I, I would describe it, it always feels like there's 
you're speaking a little bit more to being in service of something bit bigger. Like even like the way you, if I look at your like ambassadors, for example, like all of them, they might be like amazing surfers, but yeah. they're all working towards something a yeah. bit bigger. You have, you know, yeah. e-ski e and, and, and health. You have like Fergal and food and soils. Yeah. There's yeah. like Matt and Matt. And it's yeah. like Sam looking at kind of how do you, yeah. how do African surf culture develop without the sort yeah. of everything being dumped yeah. on them, yeah. you know, handling yeah. her sort of community. And it just, mm. and then, and, you know, and I look at you with, you know, with what you do down here and the work you, you know, you volunteer with the RNLI and there's, there's always something. There's always, is that, has that been intention? I mean, how's that come about? Um, yeah, I guess I get. Uh, yeah, it's a great question. It's sort of on a number of levels. So I think you know, for me, you know, the, there's there's a purpose about connecting people to see. And I kind of I, I was on the train. You know, sort you know that we look out the window, see, so looking at something, but you know, engaging some conscious, but sort of thinking about nothing and something at the same time. And then I was thinking about purpose, and you know, what is it, and what does it mean? And I think it's it's got to be higher than you, bigger than yourself. And it's probably going to be around when you're not around. So it's, it's a big, much bigger sort of thing uh, and probably bigger than you as a group of individuals. And I think it's something you've got to be able to live every day on any scale. So for instance, so, you know, I was about connecting people to sea and I could be like, so we've got C7 in a minute. Hopefully we're going to go and jump in the sea in about like after this interview maybe. Yeah. Uh, and so live, live the walk, walk the talk of C7. So that's like something quite small on a daily scale. Or it could be something like C7, which is like a much bigger thing. So it's kind of, that's kind of, you know, how can you have that? It's a real purpose. That's what I think you should be able to apply it to your life. And so and with regards to like the people we're really lucky to work with, there's, you know, the sea and the kind of surfing is almost the glue that is there if you scrape. But what they do beyond that, you know, is is more interesting. And there's a, and there's a human narrative there beyond just the act of uh, the surfing, the free diving or whatever it is. So which is interesting itself, but it's like, it's about this higher, this, this bigger picture. And I would say like, it should be something that, you know, someone that, you know, isn't even into surfing would find interesting. I think that's quite, I love, I love that kind of that, that idea. You know, yeah. It's bigger, it's bigger than just, you know, we all love riding waves. Yeah. It wouldn't, you know, my greatest passion probably, but it's like, it, there's, you know, I'll stop riding, riding waves one time and then, you know, what's going li to live on beyond that. Yeah. Well, it's just, a, and I think just the way you talk about it, because there is, so, you know, there's a lot of hype around purpose and, you know, particularly with businesses, but there's just something always I thought very, very interesting about the community that you build that there is, you know, like you say, the surfing is maybe the thing that sort of binds, but there's, it feels like people are serving something yeah. like a bit bigger and, 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 and with, a, with an eye on the future as yeah, well. I, and, so. and, I, mean, uh, I think, you know, I've always think if, if, if the brand can be a platform, for people to go and often do this stuff or we do C7 and maybe there's loads of ocean activists start, you know, by the end of this evening or whatever that is, yeah, that for me, that I, 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 I love that. So it sort of facilitated this connection within the community uh, and that's kind of, you know, gone far and wide and maybe they start fires over there that go, they keep spreading sort of things. So, I, I, you know, that, that, that's kind of, yeah, I think that's pretty ultimately why, you know, why I, lo I love, I love what I do. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So um, just bring it back to the, I'm curious again, someone that spent, has spent a lot of time in, in the waters, like what have you, thinking about where we are today and, the, you know, and, the kind of, and again, sort of thinking about the pressures that we're facing, what have you noticed personally? What, what, what worries you? What keeps you up at night in terms of what is actually going on out there? Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's interesting because I, I just sort of, before I start, like my relationship with the sea, I was thinking about it before we spoke, on, after we spoke on the phone yesterday, it's like, has definitely become never got a bit older, but 
it was definitely more of a one-way relationship when I maybe hedonistic relationship when I was younger. Like I go windsurfing in the windiest days, and that what that's what the sea gave me. I got surfing, and that's what the sea gave me. But now, um, it's an understanding of the you know it does way more than that on you know an emotional, physiological, whatever you know the spiritual level. It's 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 it's, it's a well-being thing, and it's and so I think you know awakening people to that um from all ages is, is really important um but you know i think you know there's the the, the evidence and scientists they just you know you need to stop um extracting um and fish and uh, minerals or whatever it is from the ocean and if you give the ocean the space to recover it actually is more resilient than the lands mm. and the land so things recover really really quickly there's examples of that so you just need a highly protected marine areas um around the world and they need to be enforced and policed and there's going to have to be uh you know people are going to be brave at making those calls because they'll probably some short-term pain uh but hopefully be a long-term more regenerative uh, relationship with the with the ocean um than we have at the minute and uh think about the g7 and yeah. the, these 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 world leaders yeah. like if you could get them in the water what would you <laughs> what what, what would you want to? What would you? What, what would you want to open up? Like, what kind of questions might you might you be interested in? Yeah, that's the first thing. I get them in the water <laughs> straight away, and just every day, probably end start and end of every day, get in the water and like you know, it'd be, be, like, it'd be a different world, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, why? I mean, why? Why? Why would you have the G seven and come on and not do that? I don't understand. Yeah. But anyway, maybe they will, but who knows? But I doubt it. Um, originally, I did think about. Um, paddleboarding around to Carbis Bay with a message in a bottle and give it to them, but then. I just saw the saw the, air, taken out. Yeah, saw the aircraft carrier and the missile <laughs> things on the lighthouse that so could review. I was like, maybe not. Anyway, um, yeah, that'd be the first thing I'd say to them. It would definitely be, I think, you know, it's, it's an old age um narrative of politics, but you know, we know we know what needs to get doing. We need we know what needs doing, and they just need to get on and implement it ahead of COP twenty six and uh police it. Because I think there's actually there's quite a lot of marine areas around the UK at the minute, but they're still, you know, commercially fished. Uh, bottom dredged everything, and they're not, you know, they're not. They're, I think they call paper uh, paper parks because they just marine protectors on paper, and that's it. So there's got to be some enforcement and some leadership in that area. To and you know, in, in two or three years, you can you'll really start to see the benefits. And what do you? What's your sense of like? You know, where do you see sort of possibility at the moment in 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 you know shifting these? You know, these 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 ways that we're you know the ways that we've sort of thought about the ocean and therefore the the problems that we're causing where do, where do you see potential i mean it could be projects or people organizations or what, what what's giving you hope i guess yeah i mean i think you know one you know we we talk about as a brand we're like brave honest and hopeful so you know we're, we're doing this because we believe in i suppose the collaborative uh you know power and force of the human spirit and what we can all do we really put our minds to it so, you know, it's definitely about getting more evangelists, I suppose, for the ocean um, around the world and really kind of really building, forcing that through. Um, and, you know, people really kind of making their voice heard. I mean, they, you know, there's the marine protected areas, there's the, we're encouraging at C7, everyone to sign up to the SAS petition, which I think is on about nearly 40,000 signatures, get up to 80,000, that goes to COP26. And it's really about holding a, the, the government account to um, implementing and policing these marine areas um and because at the minute it's not they're not really they're not really worth the paper they're written on 
it, it feels like there's a bit of a disc when we when we think of the you know the climate issue, which is the you know the the screaming mother of all issue mm. of our times, and it feels like um, again we sort of look at sort of our sort of you know our, our sort of consensus in our culture, say the UK or the way the media talks. So it does seem that the sort of ocean is never quite that people aren't really connecting the sort of importance of of the ocean in terms of what it does in terms of yeah. keeping life supported on this earth yeah. when we talk about climate it it, it always tends to be quite green oriented and do you know what i mean and yep. what what's your view on 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 shifting that or how how can we how can we bring maybe more of this together so we sort of have a more of a sort of a united sort of blue and green kind of yeah you well, know. i think yeah you know in the even the last like this year there's definitely been a all of the, you know, every other breath you take comes from the ocean. That, you know, that's people know that, seem to yeah. know that more than they used to. Uh, whether it's kelp or seagrass or, you know, the sequestering of carbon or blue carbon, you know, in, in the seas and the power of that. I mean, it's kind of, I suppose it's, you know, it is still a bit intangible for quite a lot of people. Mm. You know, if you're in, in a city and then it's blue carbon and you can't see the sea, it's like there's still that, you've got to, that connection has got to be driven home. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the, the hope of, these kind of events, I suppose. So yeah, it, it, we, we've got a lot of work to do, I suppose. And um, people really realizing that connection between, I think it was Sylvia was that uh, said, no water, no life, no, no, no green, no blue. Right. Yeah. No blue, no green rather. And yeah. so, um, yeah, having that, that, that like connection is, is, is super important. Uh, and supporting organizations like Surface and Sewage, amazing, amazing work around, around that connection you know there's a youth manifesto on ocean world ocean day a couple of days ago and that was about you know the youth voice and you know that's that's a really powerful um yeah no, no i think really more powerful voice than ever has been for a while actually in terms of you know making that connection around the importance of the ocean it's um there's a there's a thing that is um i think it's quite interesting at the moment with all of this is that and you know again we've sort of probably in the last few decades in, I guess, in the global North and in more, you know, Western cultures, we've been sort of pursuing quite a sort of individualistic culture, yeah. you know, which is very much based on now and, you know, what is, what's in it for me. Um, and yet what we're seeing with some of these, you know, these, um, you know, our sort of earth systems that are starting to really, um, you know, crumble some mm -hmm. of them or you know they're they're they're, they're you know warning signs alarm bells everywhere and that so we're sort of undoing things i guess that have taken you know millennia mm -hmm. to, to 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 form and so there's something about like um is it are we also you know how can culture start start to think more long term do you know what i mean so yeah. we start to think less about all you know what's right in front of us mm -hmm. but how can we actually maybe think about the futures that we might not see, but our children might yep. do or whatever. And yep. that's a, that's a, you know, it's a, it's a difficult shift, but it feels it like that is a, is a space that we kind of maybe need to be making a bit more noise around this sort of having sort of um, longer term view. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, I, you know, I think it, the environmental sort of position is, is obviously an interesting one as well, because, um, you know, say so my needs and view, is probably different, you know, to someone, um, you know, in the part of the world where the the kind of food, you know, shelter, um, what energy, whatever, you know, is where if, if that is that is more of a critical, yeah, right, thing in my life, and yeah. so maybe their perspective on the environment is different to mine. So I, you know, there is I think there is definitely 
you talked about Western world earlier, that there is that definite kind of, um, that I think that's probably the biggest challenge actually in, in terms of sort of making, you get, getting the environmental message, you know, in, in, so how, you know, how, how do you make it as important as what we're talking about for someone who is maybe they are forced to think more short term yeah. than I am. And yeah. so, and I, and I, I think that's also really important that there isn't this sort of judgmental environmental thing um, that goes on where, um, you know, you could say, oh, it's easy for you to think and talk like this because, you know, look at, you know, I live in Snagnes, all that sort of stuff. So you could, you know, so I'm, I'm really aware that um, there isn't this sort of, uh, we have to sort of think about that narrative as well and how you make that, um, you know, as, as, as important and relevant for me, as it is for someone who has got, is forced to have more of a short-term view because of how they're living. Yeah, and I, I yeah, mean? yeah, no, hundred percent. I guess it's, it's a it, tricky one. Yeah, it is, and it's just it's sort of like, um, um, but yeah, it, it's almost like I think it's almost just how do we almost normalise totally, these yeah. conversations yeah. so that they become things that maybe we're being invited to actually figure out and play yeah. with and and explore yeah. because yeah. It, it is happening. And yeah, sort of, and I think you know, I think I guess the yeah, it is happening, and I think. You know, there's always, you know, in that respect, there's probably there as an economic case for, uh, it has been an economic case for environmental action, you know, in terms of if it's, you know, uh, you know, bottle return schemes, whatever it is, or um, I think that's the exciting way seeing some really good sort of innovation and technology uh, playing a part to be able to, you know, make it cheaper to get a plastic bottle drink because right. it's the only one that is available yeah. and then give it back and whatever, you know, that kind of thinking. And so, um, yeah, you know, I don't know loads and loads about it, but you know, just reading a bit, you know, you, there's definitely, um, you know, goodwill and wanting to do the right thing is, is great. And that's amazing. But also the, there has to be probably like a, an economic incentive yeah. um, for stick. it to really take <laughs> off. Yeah. So I don't, you know, so that, and that's kind of where innovation can come yeah. in, technology can come in and that's some amazing, um, or, you know, even governments kind of come in for, you know, subsidies, whatever it is to, you know, fish this way or, you know, plant your farms that way, whatever it is. And I think that's kind of, that, that that's obviously a big part of it as well for it to really kind of, you yeah, know, become a global uh, collaborative effort. I mean, it's and it, it's um it sounds like actually you know again I was thinking about that sort of world leader thing but it sounds like actually you know again we 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 it's almost like what really needs to happen now is this this diversity of ideas being a whole you know being made more accessible because you, you know, some of it is about feels like it is about obviously innovations and technologies and yet on the other hand when we talk about things like you know blue carbon it's about just letting nature do its thing yeah. just getting out of the way almost you yeah. know what i mean because humans just yeah. we, we like to meddle <laughs> yeah. interfere and yeah and all, all it's sort of all these things actually need to sort of coexist yeah, don't they, they? Do. i mean you know they're you know they're obviously one ones that the sort of you know you got the the sort of top end or the upstream part of the problem you know which is like how you are interacting the environment on a daily basis yeah and then there's the sort of downstream thing which is probably all the damage has been done already and then how do you, how do you, deal you know, with that? mitigate that? Yeah. And as you said, let the ocean or nature and nature's really resilient, give her her space and her time and, uh, you know, the, the freedom to do that. And it will, will bounce back and we'll have a regenerative, um, relationship. Amazing. So, um, 
let's think here. So we're launching the C7 today. Um, let's just think a little bit down the line. What are, you, what are you hoping, say, in a year's time? You got any sense of where this might go or what would good look like, I said? Yeah, it's a great question. I think about it quite a lot, actually. Because, um, you know, we had the idea and then it's been quite frenetic getting it going, as you can see next door. <laughs> And uh, the chorus middle has come in, so the band's it look, it, look, it looks bigger than G7, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, no, it is, yeah. We got, uh, yeah. Um, we're going to have C7 hashtag going, so that'd be great to see how that trends and if people are doing stuff, they can post it. And then I imagine we'll probably do this again next year. And, you know, we'll, we'll revisit and see how everyone's got on. And, you know, it's going to, like anything uh, worthwhile doing, it's always going to be a challenge. So, you know try and support people and it's like oh, i tried this didn't work you know we'll go on what could you try next and stuff and so that's really about the, sort of the role of finisterre and the brand is sort of to facilitate that ability to take action and help people along their journey whatever stage that's at um and so it's been super i mean i think it'll be i'm looking forward to seeing what's going on in the next sort of few weeks or the next like month or over the summer whatever it is and then you know years you know is is hopefully a lot will be achieved so yeah it's kind of the start of something hopefully yeah, it's amazing, and I and I, I love I love you this intention you you have of trying to open this up because at least in my experience again, like so the idea of of activism or being an activist to many can be quite you know people tend to sort of conjure up frontliners and yeah. you know you know attaching yourself to boats and you know vehicles and yeah. and, and of course all that great stuff that's needed, mm. but there's so many forms to you know to, to act on something bigger than ourselves is I yeah. guess what we're saying and. Yeah. And so I think that's, it's, you know, just encouraging people to, um, because we all have these gifts, right? We've all got yeah. our, we've all got our, our thing that we can give to the world yeah. and, uh, and find our sort of our expression of activism, I guess. So. Yeah. Yeah. No one, no one's too, you know, too small or thinks they're too insignificant. It's like any, you know, you can start, we're all amazing individuals and, you know, beautiful humans and we can go, we can go and make a difference. Amazing. Right. Well, look, Tom, we've got to probably get our shit together. Yeah. Um, but, um, Thank you for this. Thank you for all that you do. And um, I always finish off the podcast thinking about the metaphor of the the spaceship Earth, yep. and uh, we're we're with this uh, with this life giving rock hurtling through the through space, and um, and shifting from passengers to to becoming crew um, on 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 the spaceship. And what what does that conjure up for you now? This idea of becoming crew right here in twenty twenty one. I think it'd be individuals or groups start doing something right away so we're talking about action and it starts like the hardest bit about anything is just getting started you know don't let perfect get in the way of good you know like just start somewhere begin something and you'll learn you'll uh, you know be vulnerable ask people questions get in the right of the community um and you know find out yeah, people will help each other amazing now, thank you Dan. thank thanks you Tom. thanks a lot take care man There you have it. That was uh, Tom Kay, founder of Finisterre. Um, and that was, uh, yeah, that was just before uh, the C7 event, which um, went uh, swimmingly is a good word. Um, it, was a, yeah, it was a mighty, it was like six and a half hours, I think, at the end um, of, um, of panels and talks and workshops. And all of that is available now online. It's all archived and you can access all of that links in the show notes um and there's just yeah so many incredible 
conversations and projects that are happening around the world and activists and innovators and all sorts. I really do recommend diving into that. Um, yeah, and it was a total pleasure um, and complete honour to uh, to be asked down to to host the C7 event and um, yeah, learnt loads and uh, yeah, massive gratitude for the Finisterre crew for uh, um, looking after me down there. I managed to get in the get in the sea a couple of times as well. Got a surf in the day after. Caught some waves. It's been a while. Can still do it. Can still surf just about and. Um, and also got in uh, on the Saturday as part of the uh, world record-breaking paddle out, uh, the G7 demonstration paddle out. There was about, I think it was about a thousand of us um, on surfboards and paddle boards and kayaks and all sorts. Um, we paddled out from uh, in Falmouth, uh, organised by the mighty Surfs Against Sewage. Brilliant community of people down there also. And actually there's a conversation with uh, Surface Against Sewage CEO Hugo Tagholm uh, coming as well that I recorded down there so look out for that one um, but yeah do check it out uh, remember um, no ocean no life the ocean has taken the the real heavy lifting of our climate change so far it's the thing that's absorbed most of the heat um, that is uh, been trapped due to greenhouse gas emissions and the ocean is suffering you know acidification in the ocean, decline in all kinds of sea life, development, overdevelopment of the coastlines. It's under so much pressure, overfishing, which Tom mentioned a lot. Um, the ocean is the life support. Um, you know, it provides, you know, oh, at least 50% of the air we breathe comes from phytoplankton in the ocean. So if we don't create a healthy ocean, it's kind of game over. So a lot at stake. Um, do get, do sign up to these initiatives, get stuck in, talk to your MPs. Like this stuff really matters. This is essential for human flourishing. Um, so get involved. Multiple ways to do that. Um, thanks for listening. Means a lot. Um, until next time, peace and out.
Sign of life came to me. 